things can shift very rapidly when we put our minds to it and when we feel the immediate emergency to our livelihoods. Hey, what's up, folks? We have a great show and a special guest to do it with me today. The first story is Klaus Schwab's apparent daughter, Nicole Schwab, has had a video resurfaced from a few years ago, go viral on Twitter, her talking about the acceleration of her agenda, the Great Reset, and more. We're going to listen to it and react, and how it ties into their green agenda. Then we're going to talk about non-US citizens are allowed to now be police officers in Illinois, thanks to the bill that Governor J.B. Pritzker has signed. The media is attempting to fact check this slightly because of what people are saying what's the truth we're gonna get down to it and if we have time at the end we're gonna talk about the backlash from the left and the right from candace owens andrew tate interview hope you stay tuned for the last story god bless you guys dream rare podcast starts now it's the dream rare podcast welcome to the show the way to get the news at the desk or on the road let's go god is great and success in our control the world is crazy but we get better from obstacles What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Dream Rare Podcast. I have a special guest today with Julius here to join me to talk about the stories. Yo, how's it going, man? Appreciate you having me on. Of course. And to give Julius credit, not only is he here to tell me about the stories, but he actually picked probably all the stories. I asked him if he had any good scoops, and he did. The first one is Nicole Schwab, the apparent daughter of Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. A video went viral on Twitter from a few years ago of her talking in terms of green agenda, great reset, and talking about how their environmental policy uh, needs to accelerate, et cetera. I'm going to play the four clips uh, and they're chopped up, but let's take a listen before we react. This crisis has shown us that, first of all, things can shift very rapidly when we put our minds to it and when we feel the immediate emergency to our lives. All right, I'm going to play just a couple more. And second, that um, clearly the system, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, that we had before is not sustainable. Uh, she says it's not sustainable. Let's, let's just get a few more clips. So I see it as a tremendous opportunity to really to have this great reset and to use this huge flows you know, of money to use the increased levers that policymakers have today in a way that was not possible before. Just one more clip before I react to that. To create a change that is not incremental, but that we can look back and we can say, this is the moment where we really started to position you know, nature at the core of the economy. So just to give them credit, that was from Intent. Uh, they have a very small YouTube channel. I guess she spoke with them a couple years ago. And the title of that video was The Urgency of the Global Green Transition. And I don't know if you caught that in the third one. I think I'm going to play that one again real quick. She talks about how she wants to accelerate that agenda because it like and, and compares it to the COVID-19 thing. So I see it as a tremendous opportunity to really to have this great reset and to use this huge flows you know, of money to use the increased levers that policymakers have today in a way that was not possible before to. I see this as a great opportunity to use money to basically push policy like they're openly admitting it. But then when you push back, they say it's a conspiracy theory. What do you think? Yeah. That's the that's the one thing I actually pay attention to a lot was that part where she said the great reset using money and I was like uh I forgot if I said something on that one about basically saying that translation they're going to tax you into oblivion under the guise of climate uh, climate uh, crisis which is what they do and so it's interesting to me that this woman first of all where does she even come from that's my question where does she come from I never heard of her until today like I was today years old 
when I found out that Klaus Schwab's had a daughter. All the talk we've been having about Klaus Schwab's, now he has a daughter. I think she was growing in the lab. I know, I know, conspiracy. <laughs> I'm just saying where she comes from. <laughs> she she so I have, I'll read her bio on the World Economic Forum here, Nicole Schwab. Um, this video is from a couple years ago, so I guess she just kind of stays out of the spotlight while simultaneously mm. being in the spotlight if you care about that stuff. But I mean, that video itself was on a YouTube channel with the 60 subscribers, so she's not mm. going to the most hot spots. I'll just read what World Economic Forum it says about her. Nicole Schwab, the director of 1T.org and Nature-Based Solutions member executive committee of the World Economic Forum. She has a master's in public policy, Harvard Kennedy School, MA in natural sciences, Cambridge University, formerly worked in the healthcare sector or the health sector reform projects in Latin America, World Bank, and the Ministry of Health in Bolivia. She's the 2004-2006 founding director of the Forum of Young Global Leaders, 2009 to 2018 co-founder and president of EDGE Certified Foundation, a global scheme certifying organizations for closing the gender gap in the workplace, of course, <laughs> facilitator and strategic advisor to nonprofit organizations active in reforestation, well-being, and women's empowerment. Um, author of the heart of the labyrinth a spiritual parable offering a message of earth-centered wisdom wow she's like a modern day bible writer <laughs> i'm not surprised by her gender pay gap and all that women i'm not surprised that's just it's hilarious to me you know what's interesting though is that so this is this is the the, the theory i have and i think that with her saying that we're going to use money to you know for under the guise of climate crisis my thing is is that i don't know it doesn't be like some kind of lockdown next year I, I don't I don't foresee that, but I do foresee them starting to push it. I'm starting to notice now that they are talking about the weather a lot, like all oh, this this heat wave of 90 degree weather in places like Texas, Florida, California, typical summer, right? But they're mentioning the weather a lot. They're mentioning climate uh, a lot. They're mentioning COVID cases now. They're bringing that back, saying New York and Texas and Florida is now on the rise. So right. I, I, I can see them kind of like doing this kind of slow programming where we got to get you back to where you guys used to be in 2020 so that when something happens, we can get you guys to comply again. Because we experimented with you guys back in 2020, and now we know that you're going to do it again. That's how I see it. This book, I always show it because I, I got kicked off of TikTok. This was one of the videos that got censored. I literally just held it up and I said, this is the book. They always say The Great Reset. And, and he's a very socialist, communist minded guy. Like I've read his, so is, uh, you know, it sounds like she is too. So this is a one of the only graphics they have in the whole book. I want to hold it up so people could see. I know it's a little blurry, but the center right there, it says climate action failure, climate action failure. And he like it's it's a text based book. I don't think there's any other graphics, but it says figure one. It's called the macro reset. I'll just read some of the things. And the biggest thing in the middle is climate action failure, as if it's the pinnacle of their great reset agenda. They also have cyber attacks and cyber attacks, excuse me, social instability, national governance failure, global governance failure, biodiversity loss, food crisis, water crisis, involuntary migration. They have all these at the center of it, they're saying climate causes all of these things. Involuntary migration, that's caused by the climate. Social instability, that's caused by the climate. Unemployment, they tie it all back to the climate. As yep. you, you know, I went on a transportation thing the other day and it said, hey, the, uh, you know, the, it didn't say the Democrats, but basically I knew the Democrats, because of climate, they're trying to shut this down. Something that's been there for like a hundred years. Like, hey, like, can you help save this? way of transporting transporting people because like they're trying to say that it, it causes too much carbon or whatever so they're using it to control energy they're using it to control 
obviously I think governments like shutting down farms and trying to uh, strong arm farmers all over the world. This is clearly the, the next way that they're going to re-imagine uh, our economies and our lifestyle and all the people doing it. It's not a conspiracy theory. I've read the book. He's very socialist. He's very communist. I'm, I'm not these things. So him and his daughter, they have all these left wing ideas and they'll be like, oh, if you disagree with us, you know, then you're a conspiracy theorist or you're you're an anti-environmentalist. But really, they found a crafty way to, you know, switch their worldview onto countries and make it almost illegal for you to disagree or, or unethical. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, too, is that I noticed lately, you know, amongst all of that is you start to see these people who are protesting in the streets, like they're these climate activists, they're sitting in the streets, they're blocking traffic, they're spray painting like uh, pictures like at museums and whatnot. All of this is just to normal, like, to normalize it, it's to get people that who are for climate to see people like, you know, drag them out and say, oh, these right wing conspiracy, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them, take your pick. It's all to normalize it. This is why it's like, it's like small little steps. You guys see the protests, you guys see the activists, you guys see them pushing the heat wave stuff. Uh, you guys see them say that, oh, uh, hospitalizations are due to climate crisis. Like people getting COVID because of climate now, like, the, like you said, everything ties to the climate. So they have to keep pushing that so that next year when something bigger happens, you'll fall for it a whole lot easier. I always say the parallels between COVID and the climate, the, the parallels are, this is the science, this is the data. You're not allowed to disagree with it or else you need to be removed from social media or the media because you're dangerous. It was dangerous when you questioned lockdowns. It was dangerous if people questioned vaccines. It was dangerous if people questioned the data at all and the PCR testing, like all of that was a health offense that that pretty much got you banned and barred from society. And if you wouldn't get a vaccine, you got kicked out of multiple industries. And then now they're going to do the same thing with the climate, where if you push back against it, they're going to censor. And they already have for years a lot of the content of it as if like this is completely final. And then we have to do what we're doing. But the crazy part about it is, you know, I don't even fully believe everything they're saying, obviously. But say what they were saying was true was like this equation equal this and we need to lower this number. Like they're getting rid of local transportation that is such a small scale. And if China just goes up 0.001%, that's going to be more uh, of the carbon and pollution that they're claiming than that little thing you're doing. When, when countries like Ireland or Netherlands are like, we're going to cut down on this. Bro, no offense, I love those both both those countries, but like you're not really a huge contributor to to this global problem, as they say. So you stopping it isn't going to do anything. If China and India goes up 0.005 percent, it's going to have more of an impact than probably your whole country will. So like the the logic of how they're doing it is so obviously like tyrannical, and they say you can't question it, even though it, it doesn't add up, even with their own you know logic. It's one of the reasons why. Uh... I believe Scott Wiener is so hell bent on trying to change transportation to make it more eco-friendly. When in reality, we know that again, it's all just to keep raising taxes. They have to find ways to funnel money into their pockets and funnel money into laundry. I do think that a lot of these Democrats and quite frankly, Republicans too are laundering money. That's why you got people like Ted Cruz who support giving aid to Ukraine, uh, giving money to them because they want to just launder that money. Where it actually goes to, I don't know. I'm sure it's very, uh, what, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, 
not, I won't say satanic, but I'm, I'm sure it's something wicked. Do you know what I mean? Where our, our money is going to. So when you have these people push this kind of, I mean, here in California, it's like that a lot. I was going to the Capitol all in 2022. A lot of the bills they were pushing was all climate stuff, everything electric. They wanted to take away um, the, uh, what do you call it? They wanted to do more eco-friendly bikes rather than have like, like the, the car garages. They wanted to change those. It's like half and be like electric bikes and things like that. You start I got you. That, you know what I mean? You start taking those things away, and what, what does that become? It becomes more use for fossil fuels, uh, all under the guise of climate, more taxes. It just gets worse and worse and worse. But the problem is that people don't educate themselves enough to know what people are actually doing. They just go, oh, yeah, climate change. And if you, if you disagree, you're a denier. Right. W one thing that happens for sure in politics, I know you mentioned like money laundering. People have for decades now basically done things that support their friends. Like everybody talked about Halliburton when it came to the wars and who was fine, who was, uh, you know, benefiting from that. When it comes to, uh, I would say, other politicians, sometimes they hire their friends. They hire people that they lobbyists. I mean, that's basically that entire industry is pay to play and you're bribing politicians to do your bidding. And then you have stuff overseas where it's a lot harder to trace the money where I shared a Ron Paul quote on my uh, my Facebook the other week, and it said basically, uh, he said, financial aid to other countries is poor people in America giving money to rich people in poor countries. Or like mm. It was like poor people from rich countries giving money to rich people from poor countries. So you give it to the government. And then in Ukraine, obviously, a lot of people are suspicious of, I think, Romney and Pelosi and their certain, you know, Biden, obviously, that their whole connection. Everybody's just kind of curious. Are we doing this for the right reasons? Are we really doing this to end the war and fight the war? Or are are there corporate interests, people like Raytheon and Bo Boeing, Lockheed Martin? And then you have, you know, I, I guess everybody is really suspicious of it. R remember during the lockdown that like Gavin Newsom said no one could like go eat dinner with their people, but then he's eating dinner with like lo lobbyists, pharmacy lobbyists, yeah, I think. Exactly. Um it's, it's, I mean, not to preach to the choir here, but it's the same thing when you got people, especially people like, uh, what's his name? Not Mitt Romney, but the other dude, uh, John Kerry, I believe it is, okay. who's, who's always preaching climate crisis, and you see him going to jet, like a private jet. It's the same thing that Bernie Sanders did when he was running uh, you know, for president, and he had a constituent ask him, they was like, what are you going to do about the, the climate crisis? Are you going to stop flying planes? He's like, well, I'm not going to walk to California. And it's like, right. yeah, but yeah, you just talked right. about climate change. So what's your, you know, like what's the execution? Why preach it, but then not practice it? Right. They're going to not stop flying their jet, but they're going to force towns to stop transportation that they've done for hundreds of years or like mom and pop shops to alter their business or a farm to alter their business, but they don't want to change their lifestyle. Uh, I'll just say this, Nicole Schwab, Klaus Schwab's daughter, video going viral. Let me know what you guys think. And you know, do you foresee that they will use the climate change narrative and quote unquote crisis to further, you know, control us in a way that doesn't mathematically or scientifically actually help us? Um, right. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to bring up one thing. It's it's a problem I also have when also like people like Donald Trump, who's running for president, um, he mentioned freedom cities. And I didn't like the sound of that because I forget how he explained it, but it really reminded me of, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, what Australia is trying to do with the freedom cities to, you know, for climate, things like that. So basically it's like they control where you go versus you having the choice to go wherever you want. 
Trump trying to do the exact same thing. I can almost see him doing that. And then once he leaves, like let's say he gets elected, and then once he leaves, that that would start to be more implemented. And then once he's out of the office, to right. not take the blame for it. The same thing with the vaccines. Got the vaccines out, leaves office. And now we're blaming Biden rather than blaming Operation Warspeed. Well, yeah, with the Freedom City, when he said that, it's like they're trying to build these federal government cities. They sound like the quote unquote conspiracy theory, 15 minute cities that people are talking about that they're fact checking or whatever. But, you know, when Trump came out, I said, these are the freedom cities that'll be like run by the federal government. You're exactly right. Even with Space Force, right? When he created Space Force, I understand it's like another layer to our military or whatever. But now who's in charge of Space Force? It's Kamala Harris. If you build a freedom city and it's run by the federal government, First of all, you don't even really like the Fed, even though he's the head of the federal government, he's having problems within the federal government. So as soon as you're out of office, you're going to hand that over to a Democrat or someone else. So I think, you know, Republicans, if they manage to get in the White House in 2024, they have to be wise. As you say, I talk about it all the time. They set us up. They, they kind of like don't do enough. And then it's like this, oh man, we didn't know what to do. We see what they're doing. We see the agendas. Let's, instead of playing into it and crying the victim, I think we need someone that's going to, you know, play chess with the Democrats and set us up not for failure, but for success. I want to yeah, say the next story is um Governor J.B. Pritzker, I believe his name is, J.D. or J.B. Pritzker. Sorry, I'm not from Illinois, but it's one of those two. I think it's J.B., he passed or signed a bill that says that non-citizens can be police officers. I covered it. I did a journalistic article about it. A lot of people were getting fact-checked because I have to be accurate. It's They're saying, oh, illegals can vote, criminals can vote, or, or I'm sorry, illegals can be police officers, criminals can be police officers, and that's not what the law says. I mean, technically under these rules, it would be DACA recipients who are technically still legal in this like gray area. And... Uh, people that have working U.S. visas, but they don't have citizenship or they're legally in America, but they don't have a citizenship. So I feel like this is the game. I just want to say this real quick. Then I want to get your take. The Democrats do something crazy. I think it's crazy to let non-citizens be police officers, even if they're legally in the country. That's an unnecessary thing. This is what Democrats do. They do something crazy like that. Republicans exaggerate and lie about it and say too much. Then they get fact checked. It creates this little proxy war around an issue that's not even there. It's like, I don't know that they're going to be letting like bona fide illegal criminals be police officers, but they will be letting non-US citizens be police officers. That's the story. Why, why do Republicans always have to exaggerate it and kind of like skirt on the lines of lying to them where the Democrats can point and be like, they're lying and they actually have a semi-decent point. Um, what has to happen is, you know, Republicans need to get back in and reform immigration and change the laws. But for now, uh, that's the story. What do you think about non-citizens being able to be police officers in Illinois? Yeah. So one thing, I mean, that, that was my caption. Uh, I don't know if it's incorrect in my caption, was, but I basically said non-U.S. citizens would be allowed to arrest U.S. citizens. And that's really what it is. One of the biggest problems I had, actually, right. uh, why well, that story interests me, because there is a guy, I don't want to say his name, but he was running for uh, governor for the recall against Gavin Newsom. And when I did an interview with him, I asked him about uh, illegal immigration. What the problem I have with Republicans is that they softball illegal immigration. So what they do is when we say that um, when they come to this country and get free stuff, it comes from our taxes. Right. So what they try to do is they'll give them these work permits, you know, these green cards, whatever, to pay taxes, even though they're here illegally. And I, I had pushback against that. I was like, but they're still here illegally. But because they're paying taxes, it makes it OK for them to be here. 
that's not right. That, that's like a slippery slope. You're pretty much you're essentially opening the border without opening the border, essentially. So that's the problem. We already know that Democrats love open borders, but when Republicans don't do anything about it and their way of solving it is by giving them work permits, I still have a problem with that. Yes, they may be paying taxes, but they're still here illegally, and that gives them more privilege. Now, somebody in my comment section on Instagram said that uh, she had her green card for 20 years, and she has more of a background check than anybody else. I mean, you are in our country. So it makes sense. But at the same time, it's like if we just allow people to come to this country and get permits to pay taxes, but still be here legally, then that gives them more privilege versus more of a background check. And what does that say for the American people who actually want to get jobs? Like we get now, we, now we're the ones who get background check and they don't. Yeah, I think the problem that I've been seeing, like especially during COVID, is if you came across the border illegally, it was you had less restrictions with COVID than a legal citizen trying to come on vacation. I mean, you couldn't even come without a vaccine. So it's like, you know, I'm not I respect everybody trying to make it in America. But when you're treating illegal immigrants and border crossers better than citizens, when you're penalizing people that spent 10 years to get to this country and pay money, a lot of legal immigrants take it personally because it's like, why did I spend all that time when you're softballing these people? So it's a complex issue. There are a lot of good people that, uh, you know, can't get a U.S. citizenship because it's so hard. There are a lot of, you know, hard workers that are, are taking advantage of an easy system. I was talking to my friend today about Saudi Arabia. While I don't envy them in every way, like Dubai, I'm sorry, not not Saudi Arabia. I'm talking about like Dubai, which is I believe UAE. It's there's like no crime. You could leave like a purse at like a airport and get it three hours later because they're so strict on crime. And yeah. that's really what you're seeing in El Salvador too. With Bu I almost I forget his name, Bukele or something. Naive Bukele. The He's got an yeah, the president of okay. uh, of El Salvador. It was one of the biggest crime capitals of the world, and he's turned it around where crime is drastically down. He had 300 total days with no crimes at all or no murders at all. It was the murder capital of the world. How did he do it? He just went hard on the gangs and he went hard on crime and made really strict penalties. And you see that in the Islamic world now. Yes, there's other things and there's inequity, and I understand it's not like everything's not great about it, but it is nice to live in a city where people don't rob you. And it's very uncommon. Like it's not impossible to do that in America. But when you go to these Democrat cities, they're doing everything backwards. Everything's backwards on crime, on who to allow to be police officers. They're too soft. They're too weak. They're too naive. They're too foolish. And when Republicans, like you were talking about, they get in power, they don't really do that much. They're pretty much controlled opposition. Like you're going to get maybe like a little bit better. But the truth is like, we need something way stronger where it's got to yeah. be an ethical strength. Like we're not coming to hurt you if you're a good person, but if you're not a good person, we want you to feel less comfortable in the city than good people. When good people feel uncomfortable in major cities, that's when you're a failed nation. When bad people feel uncomfortable in your cities and good people feel safe and like they could leave something, that's when it's a successful city. And America and the West are failing because the conservatives out here are like pathetic. Yeah. I, I agree on that, actually, because, see, and, and this is the biggest problem. I, I I don't know how to explain it, but you look at what's happening right now in New York. I mean, they're showing videos of New York. They're showing videos of Philadelphia. I mean, even in my area, the homelessness is so bad. People are sleeping on the ground. They look dead like zombies, and nothing's getting done about it. And yet right. the, pe the people who voted for this just shrug it off like well you know it ain't me but it's like but you voted for it you wanted this guy in because of whatever virtue symbol that they chose of the, of the day you know the lgbt whatever the case may be you chose this and yet you do nothing about it republicans would fight back but their thing is is more 
they speech a lot. It's always a speech, but there's never really action. I'm not saying none. Right. There are some in California who do fight back. I mean, we just had the biggest win in uh, Los Angeles when DuPont wanted to open an all-abortion, uh, uh, all-trimester abortion uh, clinic in Los Angeles in Beverly Hills, and they got an email saying that they shut it down, essentially. So people are fighting back, but it's like the major Republicans, the more well-named ones, do nothing. So it comes down to local, but even sometimes local can be questionable. questionable. Look at people like Brian Dolly. You know, Brian Dolly was uh, going for governor. He was all right, but there's some things he just wouldn't like stand his ground on. He was too soft. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, I mean, he's not going to win anyway, so it, don't, it doesn't even matter. But I think part of the good and bad thing about America is there is levers of power. Uh, so sometimes it's hard for Republicans to actually do what they want to do. But in my opinion, there's also still no excuse because when they do have power, it's like they have no problem signing executive orders for big pharma. They have no problem printing trillions of dollars for big pharma. They have no problem skirting around what I believe should even be legal to like do a socialist like a vaccine scheme. But when it comes to securing the border, like somehow they just can't figure it out or, you know, they can only do a half ass job. So I think Democrats are going crazy. But that that slippery slope that we always talk about on my show is like the further Democrats go the weaker Republicans often get. And there is yeah. a pendulum swinging back for the first time. But I think that people need to get through the cult of personality because what makes Gavin Newsom a good politician is he's able to scam. He's able to lie to people and make them think that he's someone he's not. And Republicans are the same way. They're they're masters at being like, I'm not Beto O'Rourke. I'm not Joe Biden. And that's and then they put on like this little show, like you're at a rally and people are like, woo, 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 woo. But people aren't watching their executive orders. They're not, they're not, asking these questions if they could do it in that country if, if if this state's having success and this governor's pushing back more like can't can't you do something a little more i feel like yeah. the the, the left right battle prevents people from challenging their own side efficiently because two things happen one they always just say well it's the left and, and then we're doing this and then also i think it's like uh you know i hate to just blame him because I, I think he's also done a lot of good stuff but i think trump creates this narrative around himself and then people just repeat that narrative where it's like they care more about like someone who disagrees with something he said about the election more than they care about the fact that he's giving trillions of dollars to like corporations and and, and like selling out and being a socialist it's like because he comes up with a narrative he's like it's about me it's about my election it's about the polls it's about the meatball and then i feel like republicans instead of like challenging the republican party with things that make sense they just kind of have fallen under the script of trump but it's yeah. a it's a self-serving script for him to to regain power, not so much one that like this is my and, and feel free to push back if you don't agree, because there's a lot of things I don't like about DeSantis. But I think he would be the closest to El Salvador's president, where I think he seems like someone that's strategic, where like, what power do I have to actually put law and order in the country? Like, I, I truly believe that DeSantis would actually do a better job with what he could to make cities safer. And I feel like Trump's kind of like a liberal where he's just like law and order, but he's like, he's always afraid to pull the trigger on his executive power, but he, but he has no problem doing it for like vaccines and stuff. So I don't, I, I just see him kind of as like an actor at this point, but may, I don't know, maybe this time he really is mad and he really will clean up the cities or something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to believe in Trump because see the whole thing with, with the DeSantis and uh, Trump thing is that, I'm not really for either side, but it's funny how the right always talks about term limits, term limits, because they're too old. Trump is old too. So why would you why would you not want some new blood like DeSantis, but then only want to start getting on him because Trump 
told you to get on him. Trump said the sanctimonious. Now you're calling him the sanctimonious. Trump uses fake COVID numbers to say he didn't take care of the, uh, the, the he mishandled COVID. And now you're agreeing with that when Trump did the exact same thing. So with DeSantis, it's like, and, and it's always like these minor things that they always feel him about. Oh, he told this little girl that she had too much sugar. And isn't that a good thing? We always talk about the food pyramid, things like that. But now it's wrong for DeSantis to say this little girl had too much sugar. So the the DeSantis to me does seem like he is more strategic. Matter of fact, it was DeSantis who recognized that he was actually wrong about COVID, which is why you mentioned this anomaly that he brought on people like Joseph Latipold. He brought them on while Trump still kept Fauci on. So who's really the better option at this point? Trump, who keeps on Fauci and gives him a presidential accommodation, or DeSantis, who recognized that he was wrong about the numbers and brought in the right people. Now, both are still not trustworthy because obviously both do things that go against the country, like DeSantis going to Israel or Trump doing the anti-Semite bill, little things like that. But I don't understand why we don't accept DeSantis as new blood. I'm not a DeSantis sympathizer whatsoever, but I'd rather have a guy who's actually younger, more brighter than Trump, who still harps on 2016 rather than trying to focus on moving forward. I hope if he wins that he's ready to like do the law and order thing. It's just I saw it and, I, and it didn't really happen. But I want to read a few comments because this always happens. And at this point, I don't care. I'm desensitized to it. Like if people said, hey, I like Trump because he does this, this and this better and, and I, I trust him more. I'm totally fine with that. I have a lot of friends that like Trump more. But someone said DeSantis is Soros backed warmonger. DeSantis isn't backed by Soros. That's a total lie. So if you have to lie in order to make your point, then maybe you're brainwashed also. Trump took a, over a $100 million loan from George Soros. Trump and Vivek have more Soros connections than uh, DeSantis does. It's just De Soros said that he thinks that DeSantis is going to win the election, like Gavin Newsom said he thinks Trump's going to win the election. I think Biden's going to beat someone. That doesn't mean I like him. That's just my opinion of who, or Gavin Newsom might come in. It's not an endorsement. So like that that's the weird part. I want to read another one. F you and DeSantis, Trump, MAGA 2024. Oh, F your other brain dead S stained DeSantis followers, you POS. So it's like people are like unhinged liberals when you have these conversations. I think both have elements of it. I just see like the way DeSantis wields power in Florida. It seems like he understands exactly what he can do. And he seems more uh, productive than anyone else as a governor. Not saying he does every... I've disagreed with bills that he's done i don't trust him i think he's a Paul. i don't trust trump or DeSantis actually but no. it's like it's weird when and we talk about this a lot so i, I want to get to the third story and i know people get bored of it sometimes i feel like everybody knows not to trust DeSantis, but then instead of like just criticizing him accurately they're willing to just say things they don't even believe to get mad at him but with trump it's like if if trump hires 30 bush people it's just like whatever but if DeSantis takes money from a bush person then that's bad but if trump takes money from a bush person that's whatever it's like this crazy double standard sort of thing I'm not saying he's trustworthy. I'm just saying he seems like he wields power and uses the, you know, another thing is too that my, my friend Bobby brought to my attention. Trump came out after he saw um, the sound of freedom and said that he was going to go harder on human traffickers. Like, and, and if, if he gets back into office, he's going to execute them or something. I think it was like execution for human traffickers. And everyone was like, it, it's a genius PR move because it's like Trump watches this movie that's really popular, right? With the actor calling him Moses or whatever. Jim Cavazil calls Trump Moses. And then he says, I'm going to do this. And everyone's like, oh my God, look at it. And like Jack Posebic, everyone's tweeting it. But if you look two weeks ago before that, DeSantis said he was doing that in Florida. So it's like, I think he actually did it already. I think he signed a bill making it in Florida. So it's like, he does it. It doesn't get that much attention. Trump does this genius sound of freedom PR thing. And everyone acts like he is like, oh man, if he yeah. gets, it's like he already did that, but no one cares. It's fascinating.
I will say though, during his uh, presidency, I remember in 2020, this got really ignored by mainstream media. This was like late 2020. He actually did a lot against human trafficking. Like I would argue his presidency did combat human trafficking and the media totally ignored it. I mean, I mean, I remember talking about this. It was like October, 2020, when he had this, uh, not him himself, but his administration uh, was at some place, I forget where it was at, but uh, they were talking about how much they combat against human trafficking and things like that. And the media totally overlooked it. So he did do great things, but you make a good point. And that's the issue I have with Trump supporters is that DeSantis says something, it's like, I don't want to hear it. But Trump does says the exact same thing. And now everybody's cheering on like Trump did this for the first time ever. And, and this is the problem I have is that there's no critical thinking now when it comes to Trump. I remember distinctively, we always talked about critical thinking throughout his presidency because the mainstream media was saying this, do your own research, yada, yada, yada. All that goes out the window just because it's Trump. And that's why I got off the Trump train because I didn't want to just be a follower just because of his name. I want to, I want Trump to earn my vote. DeSantis seems like he's actually trying to earn your vote. So what if he's not as as uh, charismatic as, as Trump? That doesn't matter. What is his policy versus his personality? I mean, sure have personality, but I want to know your policies. And Trump sounds like he just harps on what he used to do. I don't think he can be able to do the same thing again. I just don't see it. Here's an executive order from Trump. Executive order on combating human trafficking and online child exploitation in the United States. I don't have time to read it, but he passed that in January 31st, 2020, an executive order to combat it. I don't think it went as far as execution. That's why he's talking about he would do that if, you know, if he gets back into office. But he did pass executive orders. He did talk about it more than anyone else. And I think that you know, it passed in January right before the lockdown. I think this is why like QAnon followers were so mad at me because I was coming out and being like, yo, lockdowns are bad. And I think they thought maybe because of this executive order that the lockdown was like a secret strategy to arrest the pedos. So they were actually like getting pissed when I said like, yo, we should open America. They were like, shut up, dude, you're going to ruin this whole plot. And I'm yeah, like, do you have evidence? Like and they'd show me like the EO and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I know I always say this here. I just pray that people I believe that people actually matter. And the flow of where culture and society go is based off what people care about. I don't think anyone should let any politician kind of like guide them in a direction or make them feel like, oh, that'll get done just because it will get done. Assume, in my opinion, assume Trump and DeSantis won't do it. You could be nice to him and respectful, but at the end of the day, remember it's politics and they're being pulled in a million different directions. This is the nice thing, nicest thing I could say is like Trump's got lobbyists, Trump has donors, Trump has McConnell, Trump has all these people. He has Democrats, he has media. He's being pulled in a lot of directions. And I feel like the Republican uh, Party, they don't necessarily respect the base because I and this is just my view. I don't I feel like the base doesn't respect themselves like they're so subservient to him that they don't actually like they'll make an excuse for anything. And I think Trump is like an alpha male and a businessman. So if like you're a man like Trump, Trump's the type he'll shake your hand hard and pull you in to let him know he's the king alpha. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a man's yeah. man. So if you're not a man who respects yourself and you're like his servant or whatever, he'll treat you like that because it's like you're you know, you're just happy to be near me. So I feel like journalists, especially and people. Um, that consider themselves activists need to make sure that they respect themselves where if he does something, treat it the same way as if DeSantis did something. And that's yeah. what you see in this like Trump DeSantis proxy war is people are so obsessed with Trump or DeSantis that they're just fighting like liberals, you know, where it's like they're fighting over stuff that they don't actually even believe like 
I'll give you a quick example before we move on. That school bill in Florida where it said that certain slaves had learned things that they yeah. ended up making business off. This, was, is just, yeah. this is just my question to the people that were mad at that because DeSantis did it, right? Or his administration did it. If Trump did that, would you ha would you say the same thing? I think some people would have, but I think a lot of the people wouldn't have. And that's where I come to like, I feel like I don't think I'm that special or unique, but I'm like, I'll say what I believe no matter who says it. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of people that are just like professional uh, campaign members now, like unofficial campaign members, where if DeSantis does it, they're like, that's crazy. But like if Trump did it, they'd be like, it's not that bad. And they'd be fighting left-wing yeah. media. You get what I'm saying? If, if DeSantis did the platinum plan for black people, they would call DeSantis pandering to black people. Trump does it, and only a few people are like, eh, he's trying to help out the black community. But if DeSantis did the exact same thing, th this is the reason why I didn't have a problem, because if Hillary Clinton did what Trump did in 2020, we would be talking about it right to this day. The same way we still talk about Barack Obama in certain aspects. Trump does it, and nobody says anything about it. And it, it's tiresome. And it, I get the same backlash on my YouTube page when I spoke about Ice Cube and uh, Tucker Carlson in an interview. And Ice Cube mentioned that somebody that he knew got hurt by the you know what. And I mentioned, I was like, we got to go back to the root. Operation War Speed was the reason why people are having these injuries. And I'm very passionate when it comes to that. I don't speak about it like, speak about it 100%. Where I do speak about it, I get very passionate about it because people have been hurt. I know people who have people who have been hurt by Operation War Speed, and nobody says anything about it. They don't push back on Trump about it. They just allow it. Now, normally, I know you have your 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 stance on January 6th. People went there. They believe Trump. Yada, yada. My thing is that I know people who got locked up personally and still serving time right now. And Trump is not doing nothing. To get he mentioned like one time. What I find disturbing to me is that people are cheering on Trump while American citizens are still locked up for doing absolutely nothing, and Trump is doing nothing about it. He's not talking about it. He's not trying to get him out. He's not paying him a visit. He's not doing none of that stuff. And they're just like, he's going to save America. How about you save the citizens who are locked up for going to your rally that he told everybody to come to? It's just, I, I don't understand that. That That's the one thing that disturbs me about the right. You want to cheer on Trump, but why not pressure him to get the guys out in January 6th, who did nothing wrong. I know Ye talked about it one time on Twitter, and then like Trump made a video like two days later. It was like, it was funny that like in this alternate universe, the artist formerly known as Kanye West is like some conservative activist making Trump talk about it. That was the craziest timeline. And I want to say this too about the mandates. And I know we talk about this, but I feel like it's so key. This is why we always lose. I said in 2019, before the lockdown on my Twitter, that they were going to mandate vaccines. I said it in March before they even announced the vaccine. I knew they were going to mandate a vaccine. They showed every sign of mandating a vaccine. California and New Jersey tried to mandate vaccines in 2019. I'm not a prophet. I just followed the news. That's why I talked about it. I could act like I'm a QAnon wizard, but really I just was going off of what they were doing in New Jersey. Long story short, we know that they're going to mandate it. Even if Trump won, corporations were going to try to mandate it. States were going to try to. There was going to be a battle for mandate at one way or another. So that's like classic Republican is they fund it, they pay for it, they give them money, it's socialism, they brag about it. And then the mandates come and then they sit and say, well, we didn't mandate it. We know, I know you didn't mandate it. That's why I voted for Trump, one of 50 reasons. I voted for him over Biden because Biden sucks and Trump's better in almost every categorical way. So I voted for him, but, but it's still annoying when like, that's the best you could do is like Ted Cruz crying about like sodomy in Uganda, Ted Cruz, you know, like, like it's just like such a corny party at this point. And I, with the January 6th thing, I hear you. It's like, 
you know, I know a lot of people got caught up in that and it's, it's an ugly thing where like now Trump is getting charges as well. So I'm sure, you know, he's trying to save himself just in the sense of like, I don't, I, I'm like not following it anymore. Cause I just don't care about Democrats, but they're every like week they're charging with something new, charging with something new, you know, I don't know what, what you think about that. And then also I want to say, before I get to the next story, do you think that we matter? Like, do you think that if enough conservatives stood their ground on something and like push back that we'd get results? Or do you think it's, it's like the power is so far above us that our opinion doesn't even matter? That's a good question. Cause I, I see people here say all the time, they say, well, our votes don't matter. Our votes don't matter. Sometimes I got, I got to push back on them. I want to say sometimes I say like, I hear them, but I push back because people don't realize this, but in California, we have a force to be reckoned with. And what I mean by that is look at SB 866, the bill last year to uh, have 12 year olds that have been changed to eight to 15 year olds get the vaccine without parental consent. We shot that down because people showed up because they talked to the Democrats and Republicans. They didn't care what side of the aisle you were on. They talked right. to them. They spoke to the lobbyists and we shot that bill down. Look at again, Los Angeles and DuPont. We shot that down. The power is in the people. It's just that there's not enough of us because one, I don't know if it's because they're scared to come out because the left shows up. Screw that. Come out there. Do the job. Like I, I used to go down there. I stopped going down there because for me, it was just like, a, uh, but I'm starting to see now there are people who are pushing back against this. We can kill bills if enough of us just come together. But the problem is we're dunking on the left too much. We're so trying to be cool. We're getting points saying, look at the left. Look at how, oh, we, right. I get that. But how, how much longer can you keep doing that? Let's stop dunking on the left and let's stop pushing back. Because matter of fact, anomaly, the left and the right is coming together against bills, even against bills that allow children to get their you know breath chopped off. They're right. pushing back against that. But you, you have the far left trying to stop the left from teaming up with the right and pushing back against these bills. And people don't realize that that's happening in California. But we're so concerned about Biden and Hunter smoking crack today and tomorrow. It's like, no, we have bills that need to be killed in this state because what happens yeah. in California spreads throughout the whole entire nation. And I think in New Jersey, too, there's so much mandatory vaccine backlash in 2019 that they backed down. I agree. And, uh, you know, Loudoun County, I think the, the mom showing up and, and whatever for their kids. And mm -hmm. I've been saying this and I do want to get to the next story. I'll just end on this note. I do believe from everything I'm watching from Democrats, from my liberal friends, from like sports pages I follow, the winning issue for conservatives is them going too far with the sexualization of kids and like the the over like feminization trans push in like sports where they're like trying to shove the WNBA down your throat. They're trying to like say that biologically born men should play in women's sports. Dude, all these liberal sports pages I follow, everyone's conservative on this issue because it's just like they don't care about the WNBA as much as they want them to. They, they just know it's just like yeah. logically not as good as the NBA as far as like talent level. Um, maybe they play better defense, but you get what I'm saying? I, I think this is such a massive winnable issue. And I always reference this, but I had like three to four Democrat friends message me, say, yo, what is a woman's a crazy documentary? I love it. It's fascinating because the far left seems insane and the far left controls the schools and they're going younger, 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 younger. Yep. If we could get out of our own way and just show people this, it's a massive winnable issue. And that's, you know, before we move on, that's my issue is not, I understand that Trump wants to not go to jail and fight against the left. But it's one of these things that like it almost feels like a cat with a laser pointer, like you said, where he's got the same four or five things he's been saying for three years. Like my vaccine's so great. The election was stolen. And it's like this thing. And I'm not saying every I don't think the vaccine was great, but everything he's saying, 
I'm not saying he's wrong about everything. It's just like it's this show where it only involves four <coughs> topics. And to me, these seem like dead end topics where it's like it's not going anywhere. Nobody's like and then something comes up like a Bud Light boycott where it's like, OK, we're going to show corporate America that we're tired of what they're doing. And then you have like Caitlyn Jenner and Don Jr. that are like, yo, they donate to us, like chill out. And it's like that's where I'm getting to is like I do believe in the people. And I, although obviously I'm appreciative and grateful of leaders who paved the way, et cetera. At a certain point, it's like some people are, you know, getting way too comfortable with their with their position. And it doesn't seem like they're interested in earning it um, as much as they are just kind of controlling where people go. And it, it, to me, that the leadership seems too aimless for me to want to follow it. But I respect people's decision. You know, my vote counts just as much as everyone else's. Yeah, I was, I was going to say uh, the same thing with, with the Target thing, too. When Target pushed a little Tupperware and then they fought back and then they pushed their stuff to the back of the <laughs> to the back of the bus, if you will, in kind of analogy. Uh, I was going to tell you real quick, I know you always do your Trump impression. I was going to do the Trump impression where it's like, my vaccine saved lives. I got the vaccine. You get the vaccine. The greatest vaccine ever. I did it in nine months. Five years. <laughs> Listen, Julius, you're never going to get in blacks for Trump with that attitude. <laughs> you know, <he's> gonna... <laughs> you're so wrong, Anomaly, because I got freedom to leave. I'm all about freedom. I'm so about freedom that I allowed the country to be locked down because I knew QAnon would think that I'm Is running it... back against Bill Gates. When I actually, got, I actually, I actually wanted to hire Bill Gates. I almost <laughs> he's an Anomaly. You came to the Latino summit at the White House. Never again, Anomaly. We will give it to a hardworking Hispanic. Not you. Not a fake news. <laughs> Wanna be Trump. That, that you will be story. kicked out, and I got the best taco bowls. I'm like, all right, dude. I'm sorry. I I, I ruined my spot at the golden that, table. Did I tell you my story with, uh, with, with Don Jr.? No. So uh, maybe I told you this before. I'm not sure, but... I was at a rally, uh, this is in 2020, uh, September 2020, and Don Jr. was in Reno. And so I went there, and I'm waiting in line to go see him, right? Because they, they had to get everybody in line first to go to the seating, whatever. I'm standing there. I'm talking to these people that I know from back home, back here. And I'm, I'm wearing my MAGA hat, mind you. I'm just chilling. This guy walks up to me. I kind of like side-eye. I'm like, I got a bad feeling going to walk up to me. And he's holding this package in his hand. And he's walking closer and closer. And I look, and the shirt said, Blacks for Trump. And the hat said black. He goes, want to wear this? I was like, nah, bro. I was like, I got it. Was it. Don Junior? No, no. It was somebody oh. from his uh, his his camp that oh, walked okay. up to me, and I was like, bro. <laughs> I was like, I'm wearing my MAGA hat. Do you not see uh, this? Like, <laughs> it was, it was yeah, weird, it's like, man. It's just like, hey, put this on. He's like, <laughs> oh, you like Trump, right? Put this black Trump. <laughs> we'll put it right behind the camera. He's like, you look good. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't. That to me, I would be more humiliated if that happened to be standing there right behind <laughs> Don Jr. Black Spritz, Like, oh my yeah. god, dude, I would not. I would be off social media after that. I'm like, I'm nah. I can't do different it. strokes for different folks. It's definitely nah. like an eye catching thing. But yeah, it, it, the you know everybody wants certain groups, and like it, it is what it is. But it is uh at a certain point. It does like the right can be like as cringe as, as the left, you know, like in certain ways, like that they do a that, lot of identity politics too. Yeah, that was a soft bigotry of low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Put the shirt on, you get to come and eat. It's <laughs> so like so naming sad. off like stereotypical black foods, and you're just like, dude. He's like, you come to the White House, we got dude. When I went to the White House, no joke, it was like Hispanic night, and they were just had all 
Hispanic food, but it was fire though. I mean, it wasn't like mm. stereotypical in a way. Like obviously yeah. it was what people they wanted, but <laughs> it was like, like Taco, Taco Bell. No, it was good stuff. Yeah. I didn't go on the day where it was like Chick-fil-A or Taco Bell. That was hilarious. He just shows up with like McDonald's. Dude, that's my favorite. I posted that. It's Trump sitting next to like thousands of fast food things. You know that picture? And I said, this is like the perfect symbol of America. It's just Trump with a bunch of fast food behind him. People got so mad. And I'm like, dude, that's hilarious. And you know, it's true though. Like if America could be one picture, it's Trump at the White House smiling with like thousands of fast food back That's That was uh, a funny day. Uh, I would have ate at McDonald's at the White House, of course. Like, wh why not? I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta live well, once. For sure. I mean, it's not, it's not a normal. It is a normal hamburger, but like to say you were there that day, it kind of makes it more iconic. Like that, yeah. that day will be remembered more than the day they had five-star meals. Like I was there the day that Trump just rolled up with like Chick-fil-A and Taco Bell. You're like, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of gangster, kind of unnecessary. But anyway, third star I want to get into real quick. I didn't watch the interview. I've watched a lot of Andrew Tate, especially like before he got arrested. I'm not saying that's what made me stop watching him. It's just like I used to listen to hours of his podcast. I find him very interesting and entertaining. But, um, you know, the last couple I haven't really seen. I know he did a multi-hour one with Candace Owens. And I want to know what you think about what you heard from it. And then also your reaction, because I know the left wing media hates Andrew Tate because he's more conservative and he tells men to not be pathetic. And then yeah. the right wing media also doesn't like him because he, you know, has a degenerate past and maybe he's not the like he, he says he's Christian sometimes. Now he says he's Islamic, but yeah. he doesn't really like he hasn't really lived that life. So he's got a lot of backlash from the right saying that, like, you know, don't platform him. He's a human trafficker. And what do you think about the backlash that like both sides are giving about interviewing him? Yeah, I, I found that interesting to me because I saw people like Billboard Chris, who I really like a lot. He fights back against child mutilation. Uh, I saw people like him, uh, Natalie Denise, uh, talk about him. And my thing is, and I, I looked them up, and Billboard Chris and Natalie Denise and other conservatives who, who push back on this, they supported Donald Trump. Now, I hate to come from a liberal point of view, but Donald Trump was accused of sexual assault, accused of sexual harassment, accused of rape. Uh, 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 he, he once said on The View that his daughter has a nice figure. If she wasn't his daughter, he would date her. It's things like that, and yet they still stand with Trump. They still support Trump. They admire him. So you can you can be okay with that. And a guy who basically says he would date his daughter at that time, she was like a young age, not that young, but young enough to be like that's kind of gross. And you're okay with standing with Trump, but then you get mad at Andrew Tate. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? And notice that all conservatives would say that to Donald Trump when it came to his cases, like with, with that uh, Carol Jean woman, whatever the case was, yeah, 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 allegation. Yeah. yeah, and so they would say innocent until proven uh, guilty, right? But then with Andrew Tate, it's automatically, no, you can't platform him because he did this and that. In all the videos that they show, the jump cuts are always being taken out of context. And when he talked about what he used to do, this is like a six-minute video uh, on Twitter right now, you watch that video, he's not talking about forcing anybody. He's not talking about harming nobody. He's just simply saying how his setup was when he was doing his webcam, right? Now, in one aspect, he says that, Ken uh, says, when's the last time you was doing this business? He says six, seven years ago. And then there's a video where he's talking about how he was doing videos during the pandemic, things like that. So they can say that's a lie, but I, I, th I think that's missing context, in my opinion, because the way the jump cut goes, you're like, wait a minute, this is out, out of context. So right. the thing the thing is is that conservatives have this outrage. And I think the reason why is because Andrew Tate is one of the one of the biggest names 
who's really telling it like it is. I think the only reason why they push back on him is because of his whole multiple wives thing and having multiple women and things like that. They don't want that in their space, but this is the same conservatives who would take Lady Maga in their spaces. So who's really like degenerate here? Andrew Tate or you bringing a man who identifies as a woman puts on a cowboy hat and says, go Trump. There's no difference. Yeah, I think uh, so. You, you don't like the hypocrisy of it. You feel like some people are being hypocrites where they're OK with someone's degeneracy, but they're they're Absolutely. like quick to jump the gun. I'll say this. I haven't seen the interview, so I don't want to speak on it in full. But a lot of people, it seems like their backlash is that Candace didn't push back enough to some people are saying that she didn't push back enough and she kind of softballed it and didn't challenge certain things he said. Like you were saying, maybe a part that didn't seem like it added up. I haven't seen it. So I've seen some people say that I've seen, obviously most people like the interview. They find it fascinating. Candace and Andrew are clearly very famous, very successful because they're both really interesting to listen to and have like witty takes. You know, I, I like Andrew's podcast. He's like, you know, he's not my pastor or anything, but he's highly entertaining as a, as an entertainer. He was a kick world champion kickboxer. He's an interesting guy. I'll say this when it comes to like them calling him, oh, you shouldn't interview him because he's a human trafficker. To me, that's crazy. Like whether he was guilty or innocent, he should be interviewed. I believe he's innocent of the charges that they're they're, they're charging him for. But even if he was guilty, I think it's a crazy, like if you say he sucks and you should have done a harder interview, that makes more sense to me than, oh, how dare you even platform him? And it's like, Dude, they they gave interviews to Charles Manson and from jail and stuff. And I'm glad they did because it's okay to like get someone's word, even if you're pushing back against what they're saying. There, I don't believe in censorship of like, oh, you know, Biden sucks, so he should never be interviewed or pushed back. Trump sucks, he should never be interviewed. Dude, that that's cancel culture. That's the opposite yeah. of what conservatives are supposed to believe. So the ones that are saying that Tate shouldn't even speak and you shouldn't interview him, that's a crazy, crazy narrative to have. Another one is like you're saying is they're saying he's guilty and, you know, before they even look at it or let it figure in court. And I do think he was doing some like scummy, borderline scammy things with the webcams, but I don't think he was trafficking women. And I think yeah. that, uh, you know, I th think that they're trying to basically trump up the charges of what he did to make it seem way crazier. Like, I don't think he was forcing anyone like that. Um, you know, I don't I don't think it was like a trafficking thing where they're like going against their will and stuff. Um it's just he was very braggadocious about being like a, a dickhead, a hustler, basically, yeah. and a hustler, you know? Exactly, and it's like, exactly. And, and that's why they're trying to trump up the charges. But yeah, do you, what else? Do you, remember, do you remember when Brittany Griner got, uh, came back to America and they swapped her out for the Russian missionary, that yeah. one guy? Yeah. In, in that interview that he did where he talked about how uh, America is like has all this problems with LGBT, things like that. He, he almost sounded like he loved America and you saw a conservative be like, oh, this this guy loves it. He gets it. He gets it. But you were just crying that he's a mercenary, but you were happy when he spoke good about America. So should we platform him? It's, it's okay for him to get platformed and say right. good things about America, but you were talking about he's a mercenary, but with Andrew Tate, where, again, guilty until proven evidence, uh, guilty until proven and it, good Lord, innocent until proven guilty, no evidence, um, and yet you don't want him to be platformed. Why? But right. you're okay with a Russian mercenary being platformed because he said good things about America. It's exactly how the right is. The right would say they hate one thing, but the moment that the thing that they hate says good things about America, oh, they'll champion him all day long. Like, like real right. quick, somebody, somebody in the comments was saying something about Andrew Tate, uh, and 
my thing is, uh, uh, they say uh, uh, Andrew Tate didn't apologize for scamming people. Well, Trump didn't apologize for hurting everybody for the Operation War Speed, but yet you still say Trump 2024? His his Operation War Speed hurt a lot of people, and he hasn't apologized for that. He's still saying vaccines save lives. Tell that to the person who lost their family post-vaccination. Yeah, he says it saved 100 million lives, which is a claim so outlandish and fake that you won't even catch Bill Gates or Fauci saying that because they know that that's stupid and fake. You know, like, you, have you seen Fauci say, hey, my vaccine saved 100 million lives? Like, of course not. He's not like, like that's crazy. And I, I can't stand Fauci. But I think what you're pointing out is very valid. Two things. One, the worst take in the world is don't platform. Him. Even if that Russian mercenary said bad things about America, like vicious things about America, he still deserves a platform because if that's what he thinks, then let the guy speak. And then you could disagree with it and not let him into America or whatever, fight the war. But you can't just like cut someone's tongue out. That's crazy. So like that that's the worst take for sure is like he shouldn't even be platform. That's so stupid. And then you have, um, yeah, people, I guess, like you said, that have just like crazy double standards. Me personally, I got to see the full, you know, I, I, to be honest, I haven't read like the newer charges, but I, I have heard him be very proud of like his kind of like webcam business and stuff and kind of like hype it up. And this is interesting in the manosphere. Like I like listening to it because I find it fascinating. Uh, I don't hate Andrew Tate the same way everyone does. I, I like his podcast, but I understand like there, there are people that are not like me and, you know, I have flaws too, so I don't want to be overly judgmental, but a lot of these manosphere guys, not all of them, there's there's two branches now. There's like the traditionalism that's like get a wife, have 10 kids and go live on a homestead. You know, that's yeah. like one element of it. Like go get a family and, and raise a huge family. And then there's these other guys that are like, I'm in Croatia and I just nutted in an 18 year old girl and I'm leaving her. And it's like yeah. I find that really disgusting where it's like, dude, that's 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 like that's not cool. And it's like kind of like a cry for help where if you say I want like a beautiful 21 year old Croatian girl and I like really care about her. I mean, then it's like versus like, oh, I'm just leaving her to the curb. But the fascinating psychology of that, too, is like I posted a video. Obviously, older women that are smart and in their 30s and have gone through the dumb phase, they're like, oh, yeah, no, that's not the way to live. But the truth is, like a lot of young, hot women, they don't like nice guys, you know? So like there is something yeah. to be said about the Tates and and these Manosphere guys. Like they're, they're showing a, a social psychology that is very real where it's like, of course, there are women who do like nice guys, but usually they're they've already made those mistakes. And like chicks that are in their twenties, they just want to have fun and stuff. So these guys are capitalizing on that. Like, come on my yacht, I'm a bad boy, you know. And yeah. it like it, it is like a fascinating uh, thing that's going on. I will say because I actually have a, a podcast I do every Sunday. I actually get you on, on the show one day if you're ever down. It's called the Age of Men Podcast. It's myself and my homie C3 Nick. Uh, we've been doing this since uh, December of last year, and we speak about these things. Like We started out kind of being a little overhyped, and then we kind of cooled it down with more nuanced conversations because we now starting to see. I've been called a misogynist for my take because... I'm on the path. He's crazy. You'd be surprised. In these Discord chats, I'd be having, I've been called a misogynist. I hate women. Because I have these base takes where I say that, like, for example, with single moms and single dads, right? I always say that they should wait until the child turns 18 to go find uh, go find love. Oh, what, what, you hate women? And I'm like, no, I'm just saying it's selfish to have a relationship while you're trying to raise your child. And I hear men say, well, you know, I should be able to date who I want to date as long as I take care of my kid. I'm like, but that's, that's ridiculous to me. So you're going you're gonna to bring degeneracy around your child as long as you're taking care of him. That's like saying this guy's a rapist. But he has a daughter, but hey, he takes care of her, but he still rapes women. And it's like, it's just so crazy. I was not defending the red pill but i was defending more of the concept but i'm I'm now on the path of like 
people should wait until marriage. That's what I'm at. I wouldn't call myself red, uh, red pill or a manosphere. I just call myself the truth, like you know, God pill, if you will, the truth pill. Uh, I when, when it comes to conversations like that, which is the reason why I think people don't like Andrew Tate, because he's in that manosphere of having nice cars, having lots of ladies. I mean, he was even telling Kenneth Owens that he should be able to enjoy essentially the fruits of his labor. And I get it, but at the same time, how much longer can you do that? And I think that's the problem with this country. You know, America's number one country for single parenthood. We're the highest rate of child who live with single parents. 80% of those single parent homes are that of women and 20% of that of men. And especially in the black community, it's really bad. I don't want to play on race, but that's just what it is. So for me and my stance, when it comes to those conversations, I think that we need to stop having sex out of wedlock. We need to stop trying to hook up with all these girls. We need to start waiting until we get married. There's a post today that some chick posted on TikTok where she said um, she said that a guy was swiping on Tinder looking for other chicks after he took her virginity. And I'm like, but that's your fault. I mean, women have women are the ones with access to sex, and men are the ones with access to relationships. That's a talking point from the red pill, but it's a fact. No man can enter into a woman unless she opens the door, if you catch that metaphor. So the problem with this whole entire thing with the, with the Andrew Tate of the world is that we're looking to be this kind of like there's so many men living vicariously through Andrew Tate because he's rich, because he has nice cars, because of all this stuff. It's I get it. He has good takes on mental health. He has good takes on pornography. He has good takes on on politics. He has a lot of good takes. But when it comes to sleeping around with multiple women, if you only have multiple wives, do your thing. I know Islam practices that. That's your thing. Do it. But to tell men that not him, but the red pill to tell men that you sleep around with multiple women just so you can figure out female nature. You don't gotta do all that. What you're doing is you're actually furthering single parenthood, STDs, and things like that. Uh, do you Sorry. think that, yeah, do you think that people have the right to not like it though? Because like, I like listening to him, but it's not advice that I want to follow. And it's like, not how I'm living my life. And I find like, for instance, like I, I actually like Andrew Tate. I'm not a hater by any means, yeah, me too, but me he'll, too. he'll be like, I've seen him in interviews, like before he got arrested, they'd be like, are you Christian? And he'd be like, I'm Christian in Christian countries. I'm Muslim in Muslim countries. So it's like, that doesn't sound like a real Christian or a Muslim. I'm not one yeah. to say you're a real one. You're a real one. But like a real Christian is not going to say I'm Muslim when I need to be, or a real Muslim is not going to say I'm Christian when I need to be. So it's like, he kind of plays this role where I think that you know, he's mentioned it too. He put together a strategy to get really famous. Like he's not, he's a genius and he knew how to market it. And that yeah. marketing included controversy, that marketing included attention. When he makes a video about something that's controversial, whether it's women or driving, women driving, he knows it's going to get a lot of views. So it's like, on one hand, I don't, I don't, I think they're trumping up charges and I support it. On another hand, it's like, as a man, I, I, I don't want to be judgmental of someone else's life until I live the life I want to live. So I'm more focused on myself than critiquing him. But it's one of those things where it's like, is all this stuff really as great as you say it is? And it's like one of those things where it's like, at what you want fame, you want money, like at what, at what cost do you want it? I want money, but I, not at any cost. Like I wouldn't do certain things for it, but other people would. And, and, and he's one of these guys that's kind of like a Putin and a Trump type where the appeal to him is he's like, the world is crazy. The world is cold. The world is corrupt. Yeah. I live in a corrupt country because <laughs> the world is corrupt. So I go where my money goes. Like he's very authentic in his craziness and in his like, you know, pride and some of the things he's did that aren't unethical. And it, he's like a window into the real world that a lot of people don't want to look at. And he's like, I'll be that guy. I'll be the hero. I'll be the villain. You know, yeah. it's, it's interesting. But do you think that people have a right to just be like, he's a bad influence? No, yeah, people have a right. People have a right to their opinion, one hundred percent. 
I, but I think when it comes to saying to not platform him, that's when they started to get into the more liberal feelings. Right. See, again, I, I do like Andrew Tate. He's had some weird takes. I, mean, I don't know if you saw before, like a couple months ago, where he was talking about, would you choose a Hulk Hogan or a, a, who, yeah. a Hulk Hogan looking like Megan Fox? I was like, hold on, buddy. What are yeah. you talking about? It's a weird take. But aside but from that goes viral, though. It's like, you know, it's like that's a viral video because it's so controversial. Like that's right. the genius of his marketing is like, you know, he knows that's going to get 10 million views. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So but people are going to talk about it. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a weird take. But see, that's the thing is that unfortunately, I don't want to downplay people's uh, intelligence, but sometimes people like really take that stuff to gospel and they think it's true. So. The answer to your question, should people have a right to not like him? Yeah, they can have a right to their opinion. That's fine. Andrew Tate is going to say things that people disagree with. That's how it's going to be. It's like Trump said things I disagree with, but the right things agree with everything. Andrew Tate says some things, and they just hate him for everything. But why? Because he says this. He says that. So you cannot like him, and you cannot pay attention to him. But unfortunately, Anomaly, the problem is, is that the, a lot of the red pill stuff tends to not get tied back to him, but it puts him in that space because he was in that space. Do you get what I'm saying? Like he doesn't call himself red pill. He's mentioned that before, but the things he says, a lot of red pill echoes. I'll give you an example. You know, just pearly things. Yes. Yeah. She had a take where she said 16 year olds are hotter than 26 year olds. And she deleted it pretty quickly. Right. And I actually called her out on that too. That's what it's, it's stuff like that. It's like the things that Andrew Tay says, tends to open the doors for other people to echo the sentiment to the point where it gets weird, like 16-year-olds are hotter than 26-year-olds. So I think that's why they tend to kind of, um, that's what I'm looking for, they conflate him with that. Like, they put him in the same box where I don't think he's that guy to say that, but there's nothing wrong with his takes. He's going to have things that are controversial. He knows what's controversial. Just like Kanye West knows what's controversial. He, he knows it. They all know it. Do you, do you feel like, like, say like Liver King, for example, he, he got famous basically saying he was all natural and it was a mm. lie. And now he's like falling out, out of obscurity because he, he lied with just pearly things. Like some of the things she says about women and stuff, it's edgy, but it's true. But then she just goes further and further. And I'm at the point now where like, do I hate her? No, but she just wants attention. You know, some people like I, as someone that I'm not like super famous, but I'm more famous than most, like fame is not what you want. You want the money for your family. You want to live good. You want to be able to afford stuff and, and, and not go broke. Like the money's nice. The, uh, you know, the respect is nice, but like just being, I want fame at all costs. I'll say anything for attention, for backlash. You're going to say stupid stuff that you don't even believe. And you're going to, you're going to just like, that's, I don't think fame is that desirable to be honest. I think it's the respect, et cetera. So there are a lot of people popping up in the manosphere where it's like, I want to be famous at all costs. Andrew Tate, has got great takes on COVID. He's got great takes yeah. on nations, on crime. He's very good. I mean, he like he could be he could be a president or a politician because he's very smooth, very authentic. But then it's like it's mixed in with like uh, you know, I would say just like more degenerate stuff that isn't really conservative. And that's his right to be that person. I'm not saying I'm a perfect person, but it's like I'm not. I guess as someone who has listened to Tate and liked this stuff, I'm not into like the just pearly things. I think it's like something she says or whatever but like like i just feel like she's a chick just say whatever for attention say whatever for attention then yeah. she says something kind of wild and then deletes it and like it's just like it, it just seems very like uh, childish to me but yeah. at the same time with those manosphere guys i guess i understand where they're coming from like i've been in my 20s and even now i'll give you an example real quick 
there's this, I know a chick that's like beautiful, right? She could probably have 10,000 boyfriends if she wanted, or like 10,000 husbands to be. And like, she gets in a relationship and it's with somebody. She says it's abusive, whatever she gets out of it. And it's like, she could be with a nice guy, but she probably doesn't want a nice guy. So these manosphere are going like full joker mode, right? Where they're like, if the world's going to burn, let it burn. And they're like leaning into it of like, yo, I've been a nice guy and nice guys don't get it. I want the cars. I want the yachts. I want to do yeah. what I want. I want to, I want to be wild. And it's, it's like an interesting thing that I don't hate on, but I'm not that. Um, but I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to censor it. And I understand why people would like it and wouldn't like it. Um, I'm more just like studying it where I'm like, I see, I see both sides, but you know, at this point in my life, that's not where I'm at, but I, but I get it. I mean, it's because see the thing about these topics is the reason why my, my friend uh, Nick and I came up with the Asian man podcast and we didn't have these nuanced conversations. What we've noticed and what I've noticed too, is that and Andrew Tate right about this too. He spoke about this on just pearly things. Uh, some uh, last year, I, I think it was or earlier this year It's status. Women will like you because of status. So a lot of these men are trying to chase the, the, the high end goal of yachts, money, entrepreneurship and things like that it's one thing to have it but it's one thing to actually like really make a difference with it i think that's the biggest difference that's why you probably see this kind of failure in the red pill because men want it but without having to keep it consistent you know what i mean like once they got it and they blow it then what so the the, the thing about the man here is that with men men are being told to get on a purpose at one point it used to be about getting on your purpose now it's about sleeping with how many girls you can sleep with so it's definitely changed for the worst in my opinion but the, the my thing is this, my, my take when it comes to the whole menacing thing uh, that for men today men like myself and you we gotta take care of ourselves make our money but recognize the fact that when we do get with somebody unfortunately whether she's conservative liberal it doesn't matter women at the end of the day want a man of status you ever notice that lots most women say men are supposed to do this we're supposed to do that but the moment we say well i want a girl who's submissive now all hell breaks loose. What do you mean submissive? It's like, well, that's just what it is. If you're going to marry me, you know, biblically, it says the wife should obey her husband and the husband should love his wife as he loved the Lord. But most women don't want to get down with that. They, It's like they, they preach God, but they don't want to be about the Bible when it comes to submission. So right. there, there is a, a level of status when it comes to the manosphere as far as when men get this much money and they become this known and whatever the case may be, that's when women start to pay attention to them. These nice guys right. usually are the ones that women will settle less for. Because you talked about earlier, Anomaly, when you said uh, you know, women in the 30s, all these experiences and things like that. A lot of the times, these experiences are sex with other men. And most men don't want to deal with a chick who's had hella bodies like that. That's why you see the common theme of body count mattering. Doesn't matter, doesn't not. Because it does matter because most men don't want to be with a chick who slept around with hella dude because the last guy she gets with will not get the same treatment as the guy before her. You get what I'm saying? And that's right. just the way it is. So I was like, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that the manosphere stuff like that's interesting because to me, these are not my idols. Like, I'm not trying to be like them, but I do find the psychology of what they're doing and how people react fascinating. Like Andrew Tate says this and then people react this way. Like, I, I honestly love it just seeing, even if I don't agree, like how it works. I'll give you like a personal example for myself. You know, like I'm at the point in my life where I'm, I'm doing well for myself, but I, I don't think it's cool to just like bang a bunch of chicks. Like I've 
maybe thought that at a point in my life, but I'm not there. So now I think more logically and more Christian and more conservative. I'm not perfect, but it's like sex makes babies. So like if at this point in my life, I'm single, I'm clean, I'm healthy. Uh, I don't have any kids. I want a wife. I want to have kids the right way and a family the right way. So I don't want to have sex with these women because if I don't, if you're not my wife, I'm not interested in it. But me personally, like as much as they say, like women control sex. And I've heard that, like you're saying, if I say no to a chick, which happens often, like I don't want to have sex like that they do not handle it well you know what i'm saying and yeah. it, like it makes me feel good like i must be a i must be a catch or whatever because like if they didn't care they wouldn't care but like they don't handle it well at all because i'm yeah. not going to say it's the jezebel spirit but it's one of those things where like most guys will especially if they're a really hot girl most guys will do it so if you reject them they almost take it personally but i'm like yo understand that this process makes children so like i know it probably won't happen but i don't even want to roll the dice anymore i'm not interested in it i don't like you that i don't know you that much you know what i'm saying like you're not my wife and they don't like it they hate they hate that stuff it's like the you know a lot of girls they 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 get their perceived like value through how but it's temporary and then it drives both people you know the guy doesn't feel yeah. good about it after the girl doesn't feel good about it after it's, it's like yep. sex culture in america is, is just a mess but I'm just yeah. like, I'm at the point now where I'm like, it's not, I, that life doesn't appeal to me. What they're all talking about. It's like, I don't, I don't find that fun. It's fun for a night, but then you think about it too much. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you too. And the, the reason why I know it's kind of like an off subject, but I'm speaking on this because this matters in society today. Like the whole manosphere, all this stuff matters today. And I'll be honest with you. I don't speak about this much normally, but I will tell you here first, people getting exclusive. I was somebody who was doing that. Just having fun. I was that guy. I experienced what it's like to be a nice guy. I knew what it was like to be on my purpose. I saw both ways. That's why I came to the conclusion of what it really means to be a man. What it means to be a man is really taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, loving God, putting God first, you know, God, family, country. Once you start to discipline yourself in that manner, you really start to know what you want. I'm 36 years old. I know what I want. I'm a single dad. To most women, I'm a leftover. Because I, I, I've already had a kid. That's why with single moms, they're also leftovers too. So the, the problem is that when you mentioned earlier about the females who get, you know, who felt some kind of way that you rejected them, because to them, they think that they're God essentially, because it's like, well, I'm hot. So why aren't you attracted to me? But if you would have fell for that and had sex with them, they would have lost interest just like that because you, you gave it up easily. And so did she. You get yeah. what I'm saying? For sure. And it's one of those things, like if I've reacted, even in my 20s, this happened because like I wasn't just trying to bang everyone. So like I, I had pretty decent discernment for a 20 year old, not perfect by any means. But like women have always got mad at me when I haven't wanted to have sex where it's like I'm not trying to just bang everybody. And if I like you a little bit, like I don't feel the need to do it the first time we meet because like if it goes weird or you do it, you know, it's like you, you're like, oh, I don't want a kid. I freak myself out before thinking something happened and it didn't. But those yeah. are some of the worst times I remember, like freaking out, thinking I had a kid out of what. And, and, and it wasn't mm -hmm. the chick. So like I didn't I don't want to recreate that at all. And women have never handled it where if I did that to a woman, they would say I'm raping them. They'd be like, oh, he, he couldn't take no for an answer. Dude, the amount of chicks that can't take no for an answer for me has been, you know, more than zero for sure. Um, and with, with just pearly things I wanted to say like you know i think she she she's like pushing the edge and it's it's backfiring but i'm not saying she's a terrible person or anything but like if you really want to be this woman need to do this woman just go get married you know what i'm saying go yeah. get married close your youtube account true. have kids one of the biggest flex regardless of what people think of his comedy or what he says is owen benjamin he's got like four kids he, he lives on a homestead 
He grows his own food. He's living that life. You know what I'm saying? If you're not living that life, but you're this main 20 year old girl expert who's like, I'm telling everybody at women should shut up. Women should do this. I'm not mad at you for like telling women to shut up. I think it's funny, but at the end of the day, like live the life that you're talking about. If you can't live it, why are you an expert on it? I admit I'm not like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be like, I'm the expert on marriage and children. It's like, I'm not, if I I have seven kids, eight kids and a happy wife and a farm, then yeah, now I'm the expert. But like, you know, well, she that's, hijacked that's it. She, 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 look, I, I, I agree. I appreciate pearly things in some aspects, but she's 26 years old. She preaches all these things about women. She's, she's about to be four years until 30. And according to her, women after that, matter of fact, she just said that 16 year olds are hotter than 26 year olds. She's 26. So clearly she's not hot. Do you know what I'm saying? So she has all these takes, but she's, in my opinion, say what you want about whether you like her or not. I would say it kind of seemed like she's hijacking the red pill space because she's coming in hot, saying all these things, almost to the point of pedophilia where 16 years I got a daughter who's 15. I don't know if you know how to child or not, but I got a daughter who's 15 years old. Imagine like a guy, her saying that, and then out in the world, some guy thinks she's hot. And then something something happens. You get what I'm saying? Like that's right. I'm not saying I'm not saying like she's causing violence. I'm not saying that, but Right. Saying that alone gets ideas in people's heads. She deleted it for a reason. You know, she deleted that tweet for a reason. Exactly. Well, uh, here's a question I want to ask real quick because I think it's it's interesting. I try to not be a hater, but at the time at the same time, I'm not fake. So my question to you is like, where does being a hater cross the line of being righteous? For example, if you think someone's straight up like, oh, they, I just disagree with a few things, but they're all right. Versus like you think, oh, they're there to hijack the movement. They're there to take like the Christian conservative vibe and make it not Christian and conservative. You know, like where do you draw the line of someone that you're like, hey, I like listening to Tate. I don't agree with everything, but I think he's a net positive and And I think he's innocent versus like, I think that person's there to, to just straight up divert it. And, and I want to speak against it. Where do you draw that line of like not being a hater versus not being a pushover? I, where I draw the line to me, I, I can see it based on their actions. It's their actions that speak louder than the words. When Pearly Things first came out, I think she had very genuine takes because she came from a good home. You know, I, I thought her coming from a good home with a great dad, great family would kind of put more sense. So she had a lot of great takes. Come to find out, she was plagiarizing uh, this YouTube channel called It's Complicated. She was plagiarizing Kevin Samuels, from what I understand. Um, and now the fact that she's grown her platform so much, it almost seemed like that's changing her. Where I draw the line is when you start to push things, again, I'm going to keep harping on this, but when you start to push things like 16-year-olds are hotter than 26-year-olds, that to me is borderline. It's not even borderline. It's, pedoph- it's pedophilia all the way. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's Did pedophilia. she for sure say that? Because I saw the tweet. People are saying she said 40 and 26. Like, I just... No, I have... I was it like account. on her official Twitter for sure? Yeah, because I, I saw that tweet and I, I posted on Instagram. I said, this is getting weird. And then she erased that tweet, and I kept it in my phone. And I said, "Hey, pearly things, why did you uh, delete this tweet?" So right. it's just it's getting weird. And then, you, and then you got men who are defending it, who are saying things like, "Well, some states they allow six. No, no, no. What's your legality and whether morally is two different things. If legally in a state and you can marry somebody sixteen, that's one thing. But they have certain laws on that. For example." There's a state, I forget which state it is, but there's a state where 12-year-olds can get married, but it's like this. If the 12-year-olds like each other and they want to get married, 
they have to live in separate homes until they get older and then they can get married and then move in together like that. That's like the law because it's parental choice. You know what I mean? It comes down to parental choice. When you're talking about legality, it's one thing, but saying out loud that a 16-year-old is hotter than a 26-year-old and that 16-year-old is not an adult and they're still in high school, that is pedophilia in my opinion if you're saying that as a grown man. You can mention the, the legal states and marriage and things like that. That's nothing to do with the fact that you're saying, uh, six, my, again, my daughter is 15 years old. Imagine a grown man saying my daughter is hot than the chick that's 26 years old who's had a little bit more experience in life, not sexually, but just living life in general. So to me, I think the line gets drawn when you start to push edgy things like that, just for the sake of pushing things, because now you know on Twitter, you can get paid for all your little tweets and things like that. And I think she's just pushing those type of tweets just to get the reaction, just to get the money. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure she's like addicted to the attention. We're like, I'm, I'm luckily I'm built the opposite. Like, I don't like, uh, I, I don't, I'm not trying to get like written 15 articles about. It's not fun for me. Um, I like respect. I like, uh, you know, being able to build a business, but you know, just like at all costs, attention at all costs. That's what it seems like. She just kept yeah. escalating, 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 escalating. Where it's like a lot of her takes, like you said, it's like it's it's like she's poking the bear, but it seems like she's trying to do that more. And I noticed, like, obviously that was a totally different take, but people are now having the debate on Twitter, like talking about how people used to get married younger back in the day and start families like way, way earlier. Um, I saw that debate going on on Twitter and it's, it's one of those things that's like a dead end because, you know, it's just like, it's not a- but That's what I'm talking about though. It's, it's, it's one thing again to mention like the legality of it. Again, I mentioned the, the bill with the 12 year olds can get married because in certain states where they allow that, I believe you still have to have a parent guardian. You know, like again, if a 13 year old and a 13 year old when they get married, they got, they got to be with their parents and they can like each other and you know, marry. But once they get 18 years old, then they can have the right to move in together and start a family and things like that. And that's something that happens. Um, but when you, but also I was going to say, but when, when you're, when you're acknowledging that a 16 year old is hotter for all the people on the right who talked about pedophile, pedophile, Biden's a pedophile. Look at how he's touching this little girl. Yet you're the same person who agrees with pearly things saying 16 year olds are hotter than 26 year olds, but you get on Joe Biden because he snipped a 16 year old girl's hair. It's like, it's, yeah, it's bizarre to me. It I didn't. Uh, I didn't see anyone agree with it, but honestly, I w I wasn't on Twitter that much this weekend. I saw people. I didn't. I just saw people dunking on it, and I was like, I looked at her Twitter, and it wasn't there, so I figured it got deleted. Yeah, what do you you, you think? It's like comments. you think it's. Do you think this is like becoming like certain people? This is what I was talking about earlier. They just want. They know that like the further they push it, the more controversy they say, the crazier stuff they say, the more uh, engagement they get. Like when Hurley yeah. says, like you know, thirty year olds are ugly, forty year olds are ugly. Like she just kept escalating, go further, 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 further. Where it's like, yo, if I say that thirty five year olds are, are has beens, like that's not that weird, and but it's like kind of messed up. But like also low key, like a lot of people are gonna agree. And then she just like escalates further, further, further. Now, like you said off the tates, I see certain people where. It's not like everything they're saying is wrong, but they're addicted to the controversy. You know, they, they'll say the and, and then it go, you can't be addicted to fame or controversy or backlash. It's not good because you want to believe in what you're saying. And if it's just to get a reaction, you're eventually going to go further, 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 further to the point where you don't even really believe it or it's so crazy. It's going to get you in trouble. And it's like, that's the one thing that I, I'm not one to say, like, you shouldn't have a platform or you can't say that or you can't have that debate. 
I'm just one of those people that's like me personally, I don't want to get too close to somebody that's addicted to attention and controversy. Because if you notice, dude, who's not fighting right now? Who's not fighting in the manosphere and on the right wing? People are beefing. Fuentes is beefing with like Ethan Ralph right now. You know, that's like a, a, a thing going on. This person's beefing with that person. This, if you notice, like I have my opinions, but even with me and Tim, I don't like Tim Pool that much, but like, it's not a beef. I just don't like him. But if I would have a respectful debate, I can compliment parts of his business that I think he's done good with. You know what I'm saying? It's not like this, like vitriolic, like I going to destroy this guy's life. It's like, dude, he, he gets a lot worse from other people than me, even though I don't like him. People, I don't, I don't like this era of like, I want attention at all costs. I want to beef at all costs. I hate that person so much. Dude, I'm a grown man. Like, I, I just want to be left alone. And I like, I don't know. It's not thrilling for me to like have a thousand people yelling at me on Twitter or arguing with people. Or, like, I just, I don't find thrill in that, but some yeah. people do. And she's definitely one that's like, how far can I go to get clicks? Click, click, click. And it's like, exactly. I, I do feel like it's lost the authenticity that it probably had like a few months ago. I mean, I, I, I do pay attention a lot on Twitter because I'm just constantly on there trying to see what's going on. Uh, but with Tate, I don't, Tate may have controversial Tate, but I almost think they're like once in the blue moon. I, I see a lot of his tweets. His tweets are all about like grown man stuff where Pearl is, it's just pushing the needle even more, right? But I will say, just a little side note, there is something to be said about chicks who are older. I'm just being honest with you. The only reason why that men today tend to like MILFs because they watch a bunch, a bunch of pornography. And that's why they're into that kind of stuff. But in reality, but the real the realness though is that women do get older. The, the, a woman's beauty lies in her youth. That's why most men tend to go for younger women, like the 20 year olds and things like that. Uh, because their youth, their beauty does lie in their youth. Once they get a little bit older and they have experience, usually it's, that's why the, the, the sexual revolution, things like that, the liberation is screw women up because they had lots of sex in their 20s and now women are choosing careers over motherhood. So they're having a career, they're having sex, they're going to the club. So once they get older, that's when they start dating the nice guys because the guys they really want are the guys who are rich, are the guys who got their own business, are the guys who got multiple girls. They don't want to deal with that. So they settle mm -hmm. for less. That's why that's why you hear that the phrase women date up and men would date down. Like a man of my stature right now, I'd probably go for like a woman who's a seven. Whereas Andrew Tate, he goes for a female who's a 10 because he can get that. I can't. But if I got to Andrew Chase level, now all the chicks that come to me are the nines and tens, while the guys who are not my level are the ones who get the, the girls on Tinder, the five, the six, the four, because, hey, it's easy. Right. When I posted, there was a chick that said, I don't like nice guys or whatever. I like, but but like that means you can't get chicks. I posted it on my Instagram. I said, do you agree or disagree? Most oh, people... That. Most people disagree, but here's the thing. A lot of my audience, because of my content's like a little wiser and it's not like childish, I have a lot of moms. I have a lot of like women that are, are, are smarter and wiser now. And it, almost everyone answering that's like, I disagree, I disagree. It's moms, it's wives. It's not girls in their 20s because like, you know, they, they've learned those lessons and they've found a good man, et cetera. I think that's kind of brilliant. What you said was like girls in their 30s, they like a good man because a lot of the people their age are dating younger and especially the wealthy ones. That's what they're going for. And for me, you know, I'm 33. It's like, if I want to have six kids, can I date a woman that's 36, 37? Or, or do I want someone in their younger 20s that has 15 years to have kids? It's like, it, yeah. that's, that's well, the reality of like, uh, you know, 
being a mom at 20 versus being a mom at 35 for the first time. And these are these are things that people don't talk about. That's why the Manosphere is getting so popular because they come out and just say stuff like that. But then there's always someone who hijacks the combo and just escalates it completely where it's like, yeah. you know, 80 year olds are hot. And you're like, uh, you know, it says like something crazy. That, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like pop yeah, off. It gets but weird. I see that for sure where it's like, you know, it, it's it's definitely if you want a large family, you got to start younger. Well, I'm going to tell you too, and also too, what most women don't think about, and this is just a, this is just a fact: when women who tend to get older, it's not that you can't have a kid or kids, but you get to a point of geriatric pregnancies when you're in your 30s. That does happen, so your eggs won't be the same as they were when you're younger. It's the reason why men. Not all, but there are men out there who tend to go for younger chicks because they want to have fertility. They want to have more kids with this woman and things like that. Are there some girls, even when they're young, that can't have kids? Sure, but it's a small minority, right? Majority of women in their youth are able to have kids throughout their 20s, whereas if you're like 35 and older, it's going to be a lot harder for you to have a kid. You tend to have problems. The reason why you get ectopic pregnancies and things like that, and in some cases, they just have an abortion, which is unfortunate, but it does happen. Or the mother's life can be at risk because she's older. So if a man goes for a younger chick, uh, I will say uh, Morgan, if you know who Morgan is, uh, Morgan Ariel, um, she posted some data that basically said that uh, people who date within their age range tend to have more success. And I'm not saying that's not true. You can find somebody your age, but you got to think about longevity. And I think that we don't talk about that. That's why in the Age of Men podcast, we try to have those nuanced conversations about men dating younger chicks and why they do it. It's not Some men just do it because they can, because, hey, I'm rich like this, I can get younger chicks, whatever. But you got to think long-term. If you want a woman or if you go down the uh, polygamy route, you want multiple wives, you're going right. to get younger chicks because you want to be able to give those women your seed. So that's why men can date multiple women because they can impregnate multiple of them. Look at Nick Cannon right now. He's impregnating like half the world, it seems like. And, right. and, and yeah, because he can do that. That's why they always say, if you put a man on an island with 100 women and a woman on the island with 100 men, that woman right. can only get pregnant once a year, whereas the man on the island can't impregnate all 100 women. Do you understand? Yeah, you were talking about getting like a seven or a 10. The thing with 10s, though, like in their 20s or even in their 30s is like they have more options. So it's like, you know, it, it's always a harder thing anyway, because like say a chick is a 10 and she could get Andrew Tate and others like does she want to hang out with them? Sure. But like, does she have access to other people, billionaires? Like if you're hot enough, you could pretty much probably get access to anybody if you want. So they're living in this crazy world because it's not, they're not living in a traditional world. Like this is the freedom of America where women can do whatever. So the, the hotter chicks are, unless they're like raised really well and like really conservative and Christian, they're more trouble. They're harder to keep. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it comes, it comes at a cost. Say you have like Tom Brady and his wife, they're both successful and good looking. So like, it's harder to make it work because you have a superstar here traveling around the world could get any chick. And then you got this beautiful model who could get any guy. It's one of those things where like, it's a more difficult relationship than if you just married a hot librarian who was just happy to be with Tom Brady. That's just the reality, how I think of it too. Where it's like, I personally wouldn't want a woman in the spotlight. Like if it happens naturally, it happens, but that's not actually appealing to me because having two people with traveling spotlight, to me, that sounds like uh, trouble. And I was going to ask you too, is like, do you think this, this like thing is a, a pendulum swinging back and sometimes it swings too far, but like where they're telling women that it, like, it's amazing to be single at like 45 or whatever and be Chelsea Handler. Like, it's so yeah. cool. It's so awesome. So now people are swinging the other way and they're like, that's actually not natural. What's natural is having them in your twenties. And then like, you know, there's certain provocateurs they realize where they're like, 
the more I go, the further the left goes in the other direction, people start pushing back, uh, acting like, well, no, that's not, you know, like that's causing population problems in Japan. Like people aren't having kids and they're losing people. Cause like the kids yeah. that are 18 to like 30, are like they're not having kids, you know, now they're, they're mm -hmm. literally, their country's going to like collapse because of it. Yeah, I, I've seen comparisons to that, too, where they're saying that people like Chelsea Handler is kind of pushing this propaganda to have chicks be okay with being single. And it kind of does have the, the China propaganda that having less kids, because before China was only one kid, but now they're okay with two kids. So right. if people like Chelsea Handler push this idea that, hey, I'm okay, when you know she's not, her actions speak louder. She's drinking wine in the afternoon. She's, <laughs> she's having sex with whoever. This is what I'm talking about. Like she's promoting this idea of being, you know, uh, uh, promiscuous at 50 years old and things like that. And supposedly, according to her, she said that there's a study that said that chicks her age are actually a lot more happier, but her actions doesn't show it. Again, you're drinking in the afternoon. You got to prove to the internet that you're happy when in reality you're not. Most people know that having a family, especially at a young age, is a lot better because I would argue statistically, I've seen it before. I saw Lauren Chin talk about this. Statistically, those who get married at a younger age, they, they are a lot more happier because it's mom, especially if you do it traditionally, mom, dad, God, Christ, man, woman, children, you do that structure in the home. You got kids, you got productive members of society because you gave your value to those kids. The women like Chelsea Handler, those are the ones who end up having cats at the end of the day. And it's not a healthy lifestyle because all you're doing is the same. It becomes repetition. Wake up and drink. Go to the club. Sleep with the, uh, with, with guys. The same thing the guys do in the red pill space. Get rich. Sleep with girls. Go on the boat. Wake up tomorrow at the exact same thing. So both sides are really losing. This is the reason why I say people need to start vetting people and start waiting until they get married to actually have a successful relationship. I was going to bring this up real quick. Planned Parenthood had this tweet. But they said virginity is a social construct. Maybe you see that. Sorry, it's yeah. a little bright. There you go. Okay. But yeah, okay. so they, they had that. And the reason why I bring this up because they're prom promoting the idea of promiscuity. So imagine people like Chelsea Handler pushing the exact same thing, where now virginity is no longer considered sacred. It's women who are just out there just doing what they want. And right. those type of women, in my opinion, they're not happy women to have to go on social media and convince the world that you're happy because you're single at 50. You're really not. You just sound like you're bitter. My friend always says that it was it goes from hot girl summer to bitter bitch winter. So <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, that's dark. That's dark that Planned Parenthood saying virginity is a social construct because like I I'm not for abortion at this point in my life. Uh, but it, it's like if you were somewhat reasonable about it, where you're like, yo, it's a last ditch effort, but it's not like desirable. But they're trying to make like it's desirable. They're like, go ahead, go get pregnant, just go come yeah. get an abortion. Like, should, you know, it's it's gross that they're pushing that. I wanted to ask one more question before we leave and then let people know where they can find you too. But my last question was this on Twitter. Obviously, I think like a successful, nice family is better than not having one. But what do you think about a lot of fathers who are like stuck in bad relationships or a lot of husbands where they want a divorce, they're going to get a divorce. And I'm seeing a lot of this stuff on Reddit where, you know, there's just like a lot of men are, are flocking to Reddit when they have. I'm going to try to read the, the the tweet real quick that I read, but they're flocking to Reddit to really, I guess I, I guess I didn't like it, so I don't have it saved. 
they're basically like, Hey, my woman, like, you know, I, I had to late, I had to work late at night to, to make money for her. And like, I couldn't text her cause I was at a board meeting and like, you know, she won't, she's making me sleep on the couch and he's like, we're drifting apart. And it, it seems like as much as there's so much success in the, in the like trad wife, like, Oh, I have a wife, have 10 kids and you know, get a farm. That's the community, but it's not translating to a lot of people's reality where they're stuck in these relationships where they don't want a divorce, but the love is gone the woman isn't interested and like the men don't know what to do. Like, do you think that's happening more and more? And like, what do you, what do you think about that? I think people who don't communicate in their relationships, it does tend to fall apart. But as you know, anomaly 80% of, or up to, up to 70 to 80% of divorces are initiated by women. And a lot of those is because of financial problems, communication problems, infidelity, things like that. Uh, the men who are having these issues, I would argue this is where I hold men accountable. And most men may not agree with me, but it's their fault because they don't know how to maintain attraction. This is the reason why it's important to always be in your frame when you meet a woman. So what I mean by being in your frame is this. If she met you and you were confident, stoic, and chill and had good vibes, but then you got comfortable, you became goofy, silly, saying I love you too soon, she's going to lose attraction to you. And women have a high programist nature. They like you when they met you, they met this guy that they were attracted to, but then you got comfortable. And now that you got comfortable, you're not working as much, you're making her, you know, you, you put all your time into her, not your time into your purpose because she sees longevity. She wants a man who's going to be able to take care of her, her family, her children, should she bear them with you. And so when she starts to lose that interest or they're falling in love, it's because the man is not, uh, he he became beta in, 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 in the relationship. He's not being his alpha male self. I know people don't like the, the term alpha and beta, but what I'm saying is that he's not being a leader. He became weak. The moment you become weak, that's when she starts to look to the grass that's greener. Because again, women have a hypergamous nature, which is why they date up, not down. They only date down once they get older. Not all, but they'll date down once they get older because they realize I've been through this, I've been through that. Men don't want to deal with my extra baggage. So I gotta you know find the guy that's gonna be on my level versus the guy that I really want. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you are do you so, think when women settle like that, where they're like, okay, I was going out of my league in my twenties doing whatever, but I couldn't secure it. And they go for like someone nicer and more secure in their thirties. Do you think they, they, they do love him and like him and will be good wives? Or do you think they're always going to like, remember the times where they could get better? It, it, it see that, that's where it's a case by case basis because it depends on the guy. If the guy is not standing on his principles, if he's a yes man, she's going to look for a guy that can do the opposite. Not like say no, but if he's not able to lead her, because again, I always say that women want people and men, protection, provision, and leadership. If he's not providing that, then yeah, she is going to look for it somewhere else or fall out of love because there is no connection. See, Men learn how to get women by just approaching, but they don't know how to actually communicate and keep the connection. Do you get what I'm saying? Because right. they're so focused on trying to get in her pants that they're not actually trying to be the man that they should be to lead. You got to think, you want her to bury your children? Well, how are you going to lead the family? If you cannot lead a family, if you can't even lead yourself, then you can't lead a family. I, I want to point this out real quick. I saw this video uh, by this guy called The Desirable Truth on Instagram. Um he had this video where he basically asked this chick um, about, you know, her meeting guys and how it was. And he called these guys over and he said, if she tells you right now to come over and get some, would you do it? He's like looking at her. He's like, yep, yep, yep. He's on 360 for me. She turns around 
And then he asks her the same question. She tells him 360. He does like the 360. She goes, no. Just rejected him. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. This guy fell for the woman so easily because he she has things that he wants. And because right. he fell for it so easily, she had the power to make him do what he wants and then reject him. Do you get what I'm saying? Imagine sure. if he humbly, imagine if he humbly rejected her and was like, nah, you know what? I, I wouldn't go over to her house if she called me to because that's not a woman that I want to be with. Now right. I can make it be like, well, dang, how could he not attracted to me like that? I have a question because like for me at this point in my life, you know, I've worked hard. I'm doing well. My life is good. I don't and maybe this is wrong or I, I want to at least get your perspective. You know, I want a chick to be like obsessed with me. We're like, if you know, I don't if a chick isn't that into me, it's like I'm not. Obviously, you have to work for someone you love. But the thing is, you know, I'm thinking long term. So it's one of those things that if it's not like real and they don't really like me, I'm sure I could find someone who likes me more. So it's, it's one of those things where I know a man is supposed to try and, you know, make effort. Obviously you're not supposed to just be like, let a woman come for you. But I'm just at the point now where it's like, I've waited a long time. And if it's not like totally right, or it doesn't feel right, I'm not doing that much chasing. I'm like, you, you should, you should like me more. If not, it's fine. I'll go find someone else. No, you, you actually nailed it. And this is where I agree with some of the red pill. If the woman likes you more than you like her, it does tend to, uh, it ends up being a lot more the balls and a lot more in your court because if you like her more than she likes you, she might lose the attraction because you're putting her up here. I always quote JLP where it's like the moment she's up here, she is your God. And when she's your God, you are her peasant. You get what I'm saying? So she has to like you more than you like her because, for example, with your status, right? You're somebody who has a big following. You know, I'm sure you're doing well financially. You're very stoic about what you talk about. Uh, you're very passionate, and a woman can see that. So when she sees that, she's like, okay, this guy has his life in order. I would like to have something long-term, right? When you lead and you say, listen, I want to get to know you, but I'm not willing to have sex with you because I want to do it the right way. That right. is you standing on your ground. That's you being a man. And you're actually right. you're actually showing what you're worth. If you, if you have sex with her, you're basically saying that I'm that weak that you can get me in bed with you. Versus right. be like, no, nah, you know what? I'm good. My last thing since we're talking about it, like, um, you know, I was seeing somebody, it wasn't like fully official, but I was seeing them for a year on and off. It was like long distance. So it wasn't really great. And I kind of had figured like, I liked them. They were super pretty. Um, but it was like, I, I didn't think it was going to work, but it, you know, it was like good enough to try, but I, I kind of knew in my gut that it wasn't long-term. And it was one of those things that I wasn't like that great because I thought it wasn't going to work and it was working well. And after a year, year and a half, like I'm not trying to play games with someone, you know, like I waste their time. So it's like I started taking it a little more serious because I felt like I was messing up. And then it kind of like fell apart where it's like it was it was me taking it more serious that actually bothered him. And it's funny because women in the comments, not all of them, but some will be like, that's not true. We want a guy to do this and that. And it's like it, it doesn't. Oh, that's not always how it translates in reality. But luckily mm -hmm. for me, I wasn't like. I knew it probably wasn't right anyway. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, but it was one, it got to the point where I'm like, either this needs to get more serious or it needs to go away. Cause I'm not trying to like waste years of my life. And the second I did that, I feel like what you were saying happened where it just like fell apart where it's like, they almost, as much as they say, Oh, we want this guy to do this and that. It's almost like they don't, they don't want yeah. that. And the second I mean, you do yeah. it, 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 it falls apart. So th this is where I'll quote, I'm, most people may not like this guy, but I'll quote Myron Gaines on this from Fresh and Fit. I do like a lot of his content. Women know. say what, oh, he, he's on a podcast, Fresh and Fit. It's pretty cool. So I don't agree with everything he said, but I, he has some good takes. He, he says women say one thing, 
but they do the exact opposite. That's how it is. They'll say, I want a guy who's like this, that, and the third. And it's, I'm not trying to sound repetitive from the red pill, but they'll say that. I've been with chicks who say, I want a guy who's da, 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 da. And then you become that guy and they end up losing interest because they don't really want that guy. It's like they want a challenge. They want a guy that's going to not be this yes man. Let me give you an example real quick. So I was uh, with some friends. This is when I was like in my little mass, my alpha male strategies. I was pulling shit left and right. It was bizarre. And so went to this uh, uh, social club. My friend sees this waitress. She's pretty hot too. And he's like, I'm going to get her number. I said, bro, hold on. You need to, uh, you need to give her your number and you not get hers. Or I'm sorry, uh, let her get your, I forget how I worded it, but basically I was like, don't allow her to like push you over essentially. Right. So she, she comes over and he's like, Oh, so can I get your number? And he goes, I'm sorry. She goes, uh, how about I get your number? That's all I'm telling him to have her get your number versus the other way around. She goes, how about I get your number? He goes, okay. And he just writes it down hella fast. And I'm looking at him and I look at her. She looks at her friend. And she goes, no, I was like, bro, she pretty much just demanded to get your number without having her give you uh, hers. And you just jumped to it. She said jump and you said how high. Me watching that, I was like, I bet you she's one of those chicks that probably say, I want a guy at this, that, and the third. My friend was being nice, but yeah, because he was being nice, she took right. control. And I'm like, and maybe it's one of those time. things too, where she didn't like him. So if she got his number, she could just throw it away or something. So like he doesn't text her all the time, you know, because sometimes that, like and she's not I'm, interested. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. I, I told him this too. I was like, bro, make sure that you get her number and not the other way around. Oh, I don't care, bro. I don't care. I was like, bro, I'm telling you, you want to get, you want to get this chick? Listen to me. I'm telling you the truth here. Didn't happen like that. And I just, that face she made was like, see, I got him to do what I want. And I was like, Shaking my hair, bro. Like, but this is what I'm talking about. When you when you make a woman your god, I'm telling you, she sees you as a peasant. That's not me trying to be a red pill rhetoric. I'm just telling the truth. Again, I'm gonna be honest with you. I dated a lot of women. I saw what it was like to be a nice guy, and I know what it's like to be an alpha male. I I did both of them. When I was on my purpose, I saw girls come to me. When I was putting my time into them, I saw girls not being to me. Right. So when when you really are taking care of your stuff when you're financially stable when you're stoic you're in shape you know what you want you control right. the relationship that's why they say men control the relationship because once you have your life in control that control is also the relationship as well that's why women have access to sex men have access to relationship because no man cannot get into a woman unless she opens the door so right. until that happens, but that's why I argue people should wait until marriage. You need to vet the people that you're with. Otherwise, you're just going to keep falling in love, having sex, and then it goes downhill. Every time people have sex before marriage, it goes downhill because she gave it up, you gave it up. And the fact that she gave it up that easily just makes you wonder in the back of your head what other guys she's talking to. Yeah, I'm just I'm not doing it. So it's it's a superpower to like not even just pretend like you don't care, but to actually not care because it's it's one of those things where like I'm happy, I'm settled, and I've waited this long that I'm not settling and I'm not caving on my values. So if, if chicks don't like it, I don't care if they're a 10. It's like I think you notice, at least at my point too, when you have more issues, like when I was in my 20s and I wasn't like the as confident, etc., but I could still pull you're way more like you have way less standards as far as like personality, et cetera, where I feel like now, even if she's really hot, if it seems like too much trouble, I'm just not interested because it's like, yeah. I don't even want to do it. And it's, it's nice to not care because when you care too much, like you said, 
I mean, this is why I'm able to do video so much. I work so hard because I, I, I'm not like running around like if, you know, like some guys, they, they don't even like have a job or a career because they're just chasing chicks all the time. So yeah. it's a fine you, balance. You actually inspired me. You actually inspired me to stay on my purpose because I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I always saw you being consistent with your news analysis. I know I always post the news on Instagram and I'm like, I always post the news on Instagram, but I should be talking about this stuff like on the live right. stream. So you inspired me to actually get more of my purpose, which is why I've been more consistent these past three or four months now. About four, yeah, about four months now, just posting daily live streams all the time because it's like, and especially now I have a daughter. I don't want her to see me just sleeping around with multiple women, and then she ends up dating guys who are just like me. Right. I want to be an example for her to see that her dad is a guy that's going to be working and waiting until he gets married so she gets older so when right. she dates a guy she's not dating a guy who's running out here just chasing chicks she's dating a guy that actually respects her and wants to wait until marriage i gotta piss really bad before we go and i put on that thanks for listening to dreamer podcast where can they find you julius and you know the reason i had you on is because i think you, you got a great work ethic you've been doing good stuff and uh i wanted to hear your takes man you did not disappoint so thanks I appreciate that. Uh, you guys can find me on my YouTube channel today with Julius. Follow me on all platforms today with Julius. Uh, T O D A Y W I T H J U L I U S. You can also find my other podcast every Sunday with my friend C3 Nick. Age of Men podcast every Sunday, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Anomaly, I appreciate you uh, having me on. You got to come on the Age of Men podcast. Love to get your takes on the things we talk about. It's a lot of great conversations that we have. Easy. Let's do it. Dreamer podcast, folks. I'm a piss. I drank a lot of liquids during this live stream. Have a good one. All right. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me, support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping the show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week. It's annoying, so I don't do it. Stayintouchwithme.com. It helps me take back some power away from big tech. Telegram t.me slash dreamrarechat or at dreamrarechat. Due to censorship, I post all my live stream and videos there. Sometimes I have some bonus content and I try to give people a heads up when Facebook or YouTube won't. Dreamrarechat at Telegram. My Instagram is at dreamrare. Thanks for everybody following there for shorter content. And dreamrarelinks.com. That's dreamrarelinks.com. Has all my stuff. My podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my music on Spotify and Apple, my Rumble page, my BitChute and Gab page. All my links are found at dreamrarelinks.com. Thanks for watching, folks. God bless you. You already know I'll be back with more content soon. Appreciate you.